back to Belmont Bunch. This week, we're talking about the Islanders' playoff percentages. Guys, what did you think about the Islanders' past three games and clinching this week? So we had three games since we last talked. Uh, First one was Saturday against the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, This one I was extremely nervous about given that we basically threw away our season to Columbus and Buffalo. Uh, But watching that game, it was pretty comforting. I thought we looked good. Uh, We had the better chances. We got rewarded for them. Uh, I think my main takeaway from that game was Samuel Bolduc has really good potential on this team. Um, (laughs) To be continued. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, But it was a good game. Uh, Sorokin got a shutout, I believe. Maybe I'm remembering incorrectly, but... Nope, you're correct. Shutout. We we looked great. I mean, I don't want to go into too much detail about that one if you guys have any thoughts about it. No, yeah, that was just a complete took-care-of-business game. Uh, Brock Nelson looked great. That's something that would stay a theme. Um, yeah, just a really good team win. They got ahead when they needed to. I think the important thing in the two games they won this week was they got the first goal and it let them play their style a little bit more. You know, when they give up the first goal, I feel like we're not a team that wants to chase the game very much. And that was a lot harder without Barzell. Maybe that'll be easier in the playoffs. You know, going down one nothing won't be the death sentence that it kind of feels like sometimes. So, yeah, that's something I'm, I'm keeping an eye on. And I mean... I th- I think we could keep on. I think we can keep on relying on our how amazing we are in the third period throughout the playoff, and just you know coast on that, and that'll get us to the Stanley Cup. (laughs) Oh, all right. Yeah, yeah. Don't show up for one and two. Yeah, just hope you don't. We're giving bad advice today. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Well, next game we had was in Washington, last road game of the year. Um, I mean, let's be real. I was nervous for all these, but. They put in Darcy Kemper in that, so I guess they were trying to play spoiler for us. And did they ever play spoiler? We had the worst first minute of any game. Probably, I can remember, giving up two goals that were not impressive at all. The Mm. first one, I think Dylan Strom had it. He was wide open. No one really wanted to strip the puck. And then the second one, I think might have been Sandine. He just floated the puck towards the net. Uh, you know, they say some pucks are, or some goals are seeing eye shots. Yeah, I'd mm. say that's that one. So, yeah, like going down 2 nothing for this team, yikes. And they never were able to come back. Um, they went down 3 nothing. I thought they were the better team at some points during the game, but uh, Kemper had all the answers for them. They were able to crack through in the late stages of the game, but ultimately with the empty netters, it was too little too late, and we lost control of our playoff destiny with that loss. And I think for a lot of people that felt like the season ended. Um, I know for me, I you know I was playing all the scenarios in my head after that game. Uh, to talk about the game, uh, yeah, they just didn't sh- – like. It, it, that's a big indictment on both the players and the coach that you that you don't show up in the game like that. And they just didn't show up for the first. Like you said, they did grow into the game. It wasn't like completely awful. It was pretty bad. And 
and the tough thing was, um, so that first goal, it, you know, um, Adam Pellick, if you go back to that replay, um, really just not a strong play. He fished it out of um, the feet of one of the Washington players, but he didn't hit it away with any sort of authority. It was no, there was no like real clearing attempt. He just backhanded it right to Dylan Strome and Dylan Strome just got to absolutely rip it. And it's not really much you could do if you're Sorokin on that one. The second one, like you said, um, you know, he just, it floated to the net. This is why you want to just put pucks on net because the goalie can't make a mistake. If you don't make him make a mistake, um, unless he goes out to play the puck like a moron. Ha <laughs> ha. Um, but, <laughs> Yeah, he uh, it, that was the first goal in a while that I was not happy with Sorokin on. Um, but it's look, it's not like the team really showed up anyway and probably weren't going to win this game even if Ilya makes that save. It probably makes it a little bit easier. I feel like you give up a goal in the first minute, that's one thing. You give up two in the first minute. Ugh, it's not it's not great, uh, especially because you there's a lot of pressure on you. On top of, you know, like in a normal game, it's tough to come back from that. Um, when all the pressure is on you and you know that you have to get a point to keep control of your destiny, they did push late. Um, you know, that third goal was a little bit fluky because Pellick tripped over a loose stick. It's not much you could do there, but they, they also like every Islander like was puck watching and didn't cover the slot after the puck got down low. Um, so yeah, just a lack of attention to detail and basically everything that I'm saying wrong about this game, you know, too, too little, too late with the push really bad start kind of the opposite for the Montreal game. Like the, the Montreal game, they did, you could tell that I, I feel like they showed up for that one. Um, it does scare me that it took them watching Pittsburgh, you know, handing us our, our fate back um, for them to like really button down. Um, but yeah, the, the, I guess to, to move into the Montreal game, uh, what did you guys, what did you guys think? What were you thinking early on? Like, how nervous were you guys? Because I was there and um I had I had a fun experience, like a game day experience. Um, but I want to hear what you guys have to say about that game first. Yeah, I'll just say quickly, I mean, definitely I'm it's it's probably trivial to say that like the most nerve-wracking game of the season, you know, like the whole <laughs> the entire season. Game of the season. Gosh, this <laughs> could be the biggest game of the yeah. season. <laughs> so I mean, I also think it was safe to say this past week was the biggest week of the season, but regardless, um this yeah, the nerves going into the game were huge, but then I mean, I thought they brought like they were they were playing like as hard as they could throughout the whole game. There was no point in the game where I thought like, oh wow, they're really. But they also scored first, so mm-hmm. you know, like I think that definitely took a little bit of the weight off. Yeah, and that, you know, they're really basically a lot of pressure. Yeah, exactly. Like in the beginning of the game, you know, you don't know if it's like the the whole ice is just going to open up and then everybody, you know, it's going to be like you're going to be behind by two goals or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So it definitely took the pressure off right away with Nelson scoring. I thought like, as soon as he got the second goal, which was in the second period, I thought this was going to be a hat trick. That would be an amazing way to close out the season, but no, yeah. but either way, I, I mean, fashion scores, which is huge. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, he's just, he's becoming a staple if he's not already. Yeah. And then he was excellent. He was, I, so- I really thought, I really thought the whole team was excellent. And if that's how we play in the playoffs, then, you know, we, I think we, We'll talk about that later, but I think we actually have a chance. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. So, sir, yeah. what did you think? <laughs> I just heard, sorry, I, I, uh, my, cause I'm at my parents' house, uh, for the weekend and, uh, I just heard my mom cheering the dog saying, he pooped. So <laughs> I, I wonder if that'll oh. be in the background somewhere, but anyway, yes. Yeah, yeah, I didn't hear that. 
Um, that end of the third period, I can help but look up Brock's stats, and I noticed he was sitting on 75 points. His mm. career year was last year, 59, or 51 or 59, one of those. Um, but he was on 36 goals, and he got 37 last year. So when he had that chance right out in the slot and just like whiffed, I don't know if he whiffed on it or he was trying to go five hole. That was tough. But before the game, I was thinking this is an opportunity probably to witness my favorite regular season game of all time or to be heartbroken because there's no way Pittsburgh loses to Chicago and Columbus. Right. Right. (laughs) Um, But so I thought, we pretty much dominated the game. Not to say that Montreal didn't have their chances. I think with some more puck luck and they actually win the game. But we had chances too that I thought Montembeau looked pretty good, even though he gave up four goals. Um, the goals we did score maybe were a little suspect besides the deflections. Like I know Nelson has a great shot, but you think Montembeau wants that one back. But regardless, um, it the Islanders were playing with our emotions by giving Montreal life multiple times in this game. But at the end of the day, they got their two points, clinching them a spot in the playoffs for the first time since 2016 without Leo Comerow. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, like, <laughs> yeah, oh, that's thought- great. I thought you were going to say since like the, a full normal season, a full regular season or something. Well, that's also something to bring up. It's been since 2019. And I think I've said multiple times on this podcast, 2020, 2021, mm, maybe we got lucky by COVID, but I'm feeling better about those teams now that they've, it's mostly the same core, let's be real. Uh, now that they've shown just barely but they can do it in a full season. Yeah, you know, I was going to say this last week, and I think I forgot to, so I want to bring it up now because it kind of fits into this conversation. I wonder, because, you know, I it, in those years where the season, season was shortened, um, you know, the Barry Trotz system is so demanding. Um, and, you know, it, it, I think it was pretty clear the Islanders were playing a very uh, a much more wide open style most of the year until we really like started to put it together late um probably over the last like i would say like since the like january february started to lock it down a little bit and um i wonder if it was easier like on our guys to start the year playing a different style uh, maybe it wasn't as demanding early on um i know you would think like high flying style wouldn't that be more demanding but you know the islanders um they didn't check as as closely early on. They weren't as good defensively early on. And they buttoned it down uh, as the year went on. I actually, I wonder if it helped that the first half of the season they went with a different style. And maybe they didn't get worn down. Because they definitely, right now, they're playing more of the Barry Trot style, for sure. And I thought we saw that a lot in the Montreal game. Because the, the it was the bottom six that played a really key role in, in, in trying to, like... Um, Things make things tough for Montreal getting up ice. Um, our defensemen, I thought, were kind of sloppy. Um, obvi- the obvious guy to pick out is Samuel Bolduc. Um, had a really bad giveaway that led to, or did it lead? Was that the one that led to? The, no, sorry, Dobson got picked off on the first goal. Um, 
he just got stripped from behind. Um, and that's something Dobson is, you know, a very slender guy. I want to see him maybe build up a little bit of muscle over the summer so that it, it doesn't seem so easy for him to get stripped of the puck. Um, in his own zone, it, it's an adventure at times. Um, in the offensive zone, he's got assists in four straight games, and he, he's had some really good passes. So, really, I just want to see him focus a little bit on the defensive game a little bit more. Um, who else? I, I, I thought that Pelly got walked twice early in the Montreal game. Uh, he did, like, I didn't notice anything bad after that, but that was alarming early on. He did, you know, go back to having his normal game. And uh, obviously, Samuel Bullduke. He had a really bad giveaway in the first period that didn't lead to a goal, but he it was obviously his lack of effort on the Nick Suzuki shorthanded goal that kept Montreal in the game because we were starting to put that away. You know, we get that third goal. Team's playing pretty well. It's a little bit sloppy, but offensively getting chances and outchancing Montreal by a lot. We ended up outshooting them by double. Uh, I thought we played a really good third, so that's good to see, you know, uh, team put it together in the third. That mistake, though, by Samuel Bolduc cost him the whole third. I don't think he took a shift in the third period. And honestly, at the end, after that goal that, you know, he didn't get it in front of Nick Suzuki and he didn't skate hard enough on, if I were the coach, yeah, and this would be a bad thing because then I'd get attacked by the media, um, Lane Lambert, like, would have been within his rights to just tell him to go straight to the locker room straight off the bench like it was that bad and it's a huge game and you can't afford that um so i think he's cost himself uh, a a game one role because we know romanov's not going to play we found that out today uh in game one and uh so i think it's going to be watherspoon is my guess um unless dennis seidenberg who's training with the team wants to play on a pto in the playoffs um I think Watherspoon's going to get a shot. I, you just can't you can't have mistakes like that, especially in the playoffs. That was basically a playoff game the other day. Um, yeah, so well, he's still young. I'm not saying like it's over for Samuel Bolduc. It's Jover, the Joe Biden. <laughs> um, but at this current moment, they can't afford that. Uh, and it's funny because like you're just swapping swapping to another rookie or not rookie, but like a young guy with not a lot of NHL experience. Uh, in Watherspoon, but um, I think it's I, I think at this point you, you just can't watch that again. You can't. I, I if I see that happen in the playoffs, I'm gonna be very sad. Yeah, we're definitely <laughs> gonna talk about it on the podcast, <laughs> yes. and he will um, be so, so ashamed. But uh, Brock, I, I, the two guys that stuck out to me, Brock, great effort. Um, that you know that wrist shot is just lethal. We saw it at the All Star Game in the accuracy competition. Um, Islander fans have known that he can do that. He had a great year, uh, seventy five points, thirty six goals. Really, really like has has grown um, every year since the first year of Trots has become like a legit great player for the Islanders. Uh, and the other player for me, I, I I already said Hudson Fashing. The effort was fantastic. The forechecking. He even showed off the hands like he's a lot more skilled of a player than I would have ever thought coming into the season and, and coming into like him joining the team. Uh, he's been a guy that I've known as a 73 overall in NHL 22. And I pick him up and I put him on my AHL team. What a year for him. Very, very impressed. Uh, really looking forward. I think his style of play is going to be great in the playoffs. It's going to be like having like a prime member of our 
uh, identity line. And our identity line, by the way, has been playing pretty well. Like, defensively, I'm not seeing lapses. They're keeping teams hemmed in their own zone. They're firing at, on all cylinders right now. The I, I'm, I'm hyped. You know, the bottom six is really good at the moment uh, with the fourth line being so good. Thashing and Parise as the wingers on that third line is fantastic right now. And now we get Matt Barzal back. That can really make – that could spike – um, Bo Horvat scoring way back up. I, it's the perfect timing. And, you know, the I guess the only thing to be worried about at the moment um, is like hoping that we didn't overplay Sorokin down the stretch. And we didn't really have a, a choice, you know? Like you, you just got to – when you have a goalie that good uh, and every game ends up mattering as much as it did, we just – we had to play him as much as he did. Maybe that's what led to bad – like – the bad goal in the Washington game. Like, um, but he locked it down. He was not at fault for either goal in the um, Montreal game. He looked good in that game. Um, he'll have time to rest now as we'll have, we, we start on Monday. So he's got a few days. Uh, so yeah, that's like the only warning sign I see coming in, into the playoffs that I'm worried about. Otherwise I think we're going in, in decent shape, like health wise. I loved if we had Romanov, I'd feel a lot better. But, um, you know, if and I think Sebastian Ajo has been playing better recently, if Tyler Watherspoon or if it comes back to Bull Duke can just avoid turnovers, they're probably not going to play a lot. They're probably going to play very sheltered minutes. Uh, then this team has a real shot at beating Carolina. And I'm, I guess we'll talk. We'll move into what um, you guys tell me a little bit more about. Uh, did anybody stick out to you other than the two guys that I talked about in the Montreal game that you guys were really happy with? I just have one quick thing to say, and that is uh, actually Sterling, you pointed this out, I think uh, two or three weeks ago, Matt Martin did not break his point record. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was so that. hoping for that. He would, but he's stuck at 19. Mm. Yeah. Um, that's tough. That's really well, the only thing I well, wanted to point good. out. I mean, good numbers <laughs> from a fourth liner. Well, that's why that's why I thought about it because you said they were firing all cylinders, and it's insane. And we've also talked about it before how the bottom six had well, and I guess the, like you know like everybody the the second through fourth lines mm-hmm. have all stepped up in the absence of Matt Barzell. So yes. it's been spectacular, and it's like you hope that that keeps up, and then with by adding Matt back, you know, it's like bam, everything you know, like everybody's firing all cylinders. So hopefully mm-hmm. that happens. That's like best case scenario. But I don't know. I always worry that. Um, I always worry that sometimes adding a key player like that back in could kind of like, you know, force everybody else to play that's like the way that they want to play a little bit better. You know, does that make sense? Um, I, I always say like this a about chemistry thing, kind of like a chemistry thing. Yeah, I guess. Like I always say it about Washington, like Washington beats the Islanders when Ovechkin is not playing. <laughs> like, <laughs> and it's like Ovechkin probably just has so much, uh, you know, like sway about how like the team's going to play. Like, how, and the chemistry on the team, like who's going to feed him the puck and all that stuff that it's like, and this is all complete speculation on my part, um, <laughs> that it's all, you know, like it will ultimately change the way that they're playing. And so in some cases, like that actually hurts them. You know, yeah. like, players might not be playing as hard or good players might, might not even be getting as much ice time because like of who Obi wants to play with. Well, the good thing about Barzal coming back is, oh, goodness, our power play is terrible. So uh, <laughs> that's that true. Would help that because it's something that I noticed in the Montreal game the other day. And we did get a power play goal late in that game. 
And uh, also, I think it was really big for Anders Lee to have one more uh, big goal before the end of the year. Um, he's been a guy that I don't think he's been playing poorly. I just I haven't noticed him as much. Um, but that was a big goal. Hopefully that gets his confidence going, going into the playoffs and especially getting a line mate like Matt Barzell back. Um, so that first line is going to go from probably it was their worst line for a while. You know, no offense at all to Simon Holmstrom. Um, I think he like started to grow into that role as time went on. Uh, but it's just a completely different game having Matt Barzell playing with Bo Horvat. We saw glimpses uh, early on before Barzy got hurt, and Horvat looked real good when he had Barzy with him. So I'm very excited. I think the team can roll four very good lines if Barzy comes back and looks good. Um, yeah, there's a lot of hope right now. Uh, very positive stuff. Only, and, uh, the only place to go is down. You know, <laughs> don't do that. Well, look, I mean, I I'm like already hoping for like uh, an extension for um, uh, Engvall. Engvall ended up being a great acquisition. Mm-hmm. I think you know there are still going to be people um, that are fifty fifty or just totally against the Horvat trade, but I think you you have to reserve judgment until he's not playing with you know like. Simon Holmstrom and Anders Lee. I'm, I still don't know if Anders Lee really fits chemistry-wise with Bo Horvat. Um, Horvat's a finisher. Lee is a finisher. You got Barzal on that line. I, they're different types of finishers because, uh, I mean, they're both good at deflections. That's for sure. Um, but I think Horvat is a little bit more not dynamic of a skater, can drive play a little bit more on his own. Um, but we'll see. I it, You know, with Barzi feeding you, that, that could make things a lot better should mm-hmm. um but uh is there is there a guy on the team right now that you look at and you think he's primed for a really good series against carolina interesting i'm gonna go with kyle palmary i mm-hmm. think has that potential obviously the playoff beards making a return yes he's been... i'll be back today <laughs> yeah <laughs> he throws that stuff so quick He's been really good as of late. Maybe not the past week or so, but I think he's been half a point per game or so since coming back. Um, I think you you should watch out for him, especially if the power play gets going. Um, he'll be involved with that. Mm-hmm. So I'm keeping an eye on Brock Nelson. At, uh, obviously, so I think the player I really want to highlight is Zach Parise because the, the work ethic ethic on this guy is just unbelievable. Um, but I quickly want to make a joke because uh, Brock Nelson, if you score in this series, do not tap the goalie's helmet. We <laughs> have been there. We have seen what happens. Don't do that. So just getting out ahead of that. Um, but yeah, I think Zach Parise for me is like the uh, – could be an X factor. Um, he – you know, I, the amount of times this year he got in on a four check one versus two and like won it and gave us a chance. Um, I, I think that's going to be really big. I think goals are going to be in a real premium in the series because you've got two of the top five defenses in the league um, and teams that, you know, Carolina minus Fechnikov scoring wise, it's been a little bit tougher um, for I'm watching out for Martin Nikas uh, for Carolina. He's really stepped up this year. Um so, yeah, that, that's a player I'm keeping an eye on. I don't think the Carolina goaltending is why their def- uh, their uh, goals against is so good. Uh, I actually, in, in preparation for the bracket that I'm preparing, wrote down every team's numbers and everything. And Carolina, 
uh, has 2.55 goals against on the year. That's real. That's amazing. But their goaltending only has a 907 save percentage, which is just like fine. So for me, it's it's the defense. It's not really like I don't know if uh, Freddie Anderson's good, but man, he gets hurt so often. Um, Auntie Ranta also gets hurt a lot. Like if a goalie gets hurt in the series, like the Islanders become the favorites, I think. Well, I'm afraid of that because of the last time. Curtis McElroy. Oh, uh, that was uh, that name. <laughs> PTSD, you're right. That was brutal. And the thing is, it, Carolina has three goalies. Like uh, Kochekov, I hope I said that right. He's legit good. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, that's probably a good point. Like they, the depth is there at goalie. And that's a weird thing to say because it's like, how much depth are you going to have at goalie? Not a lot of like look at uh, Pittsburgh last year in the playoffs. They were down to their third goalie, and that basically cost them the series. So, not a lot of teams have a third good goalie. Carolina is one of those few teams. That kind of sucks for us, I guess. But um, yeah, that this is going to be this is going to be a fun series. I think this is a fun in the Islander fan perspective. No one else is going to enjoy the series because it's going to be tight checking. It's going to be two one. I was saying to my brother, it's going to be like soccer scores. I just, I have a question for you guys. Who, which team do you think has more pressure to win? I'm going to say Carolina for sure. Yeah, I was going to say that too. They, they just, I mean, the Islanders are really good at like getting into the playoffs in the exact way that it puts them in the position of like, I don't know, like uh, if we get knocked out in the first round, it's not anybody's worry, but we might just win three rounds. Um, For Carolina, they're really, I think at this point, very much battling the choker allegations, <laughs> which sounds way worse when I say it. <laughs> but I got to be a young Gen Z kid and say things that are hip. Um, but yeah, no, Carolina, there's a lot of pressure. Um, no Svechnikov, so there's added pressure on the role, uh, you know, the other guys. Uh, I, I Like I said, Nikas is going to have to have a big series. Um, can Sebastian Ajo shut down Sebastian Ajo? Keep an eye on that <laughs> just for the knees. Um, but yeah, this is a team that's had our number. This is also a team that tends to win in the first round and then choke in the second round. Um, this year, I feel like they're going to be labeled complete frauds if they lose to us in the first round. So that's why I feel like there's more pressure on them. If we lose in the first round, people are going to be like, well, yeah, I mean, they were just, they were a decent team. Carolina's a team that, for a couple of years has had cup expectations. I don't know if that's the case this year. Um, just, it feels like they're a very good team, but that they will get beat by somebody. Yeah. I think that makes sense. I was just thinking about the Islanders. If they lose in the first round, they probably give it one more go next year. And if they get a similar result, is that the end of the score? Pretty much. I don't really know. I don't. It, it, I'm very curious to see if we bring back Scott Mayfield. Um, you know, he's a pending free agent. I do think we bring back Semyon Varlamov. Varlamov, yeah. that weird. Um, because they like we talked about, they would have traded him at the deadline if they actually like were done with him. Um, and I, I think he's going to come back at a discount. Um, he's been making five point five. He, I think he knows he's been making more than a backup makes. Um, and he was the backup this year. This was the first year he was straight up the backup. And not a 1A, not a 1B. He was the backup. 
Um, and I think he's going to make backup money next year, which is going to be good for us because uh, we're going to have to find a way to get a little bit better um, offensively while also figuring out our bottom pair defense, you know, because uh, with whatever happens with Mayfield uh, on the left-hand side, um, I, I, I think Romanov has has earned his top four role. It's going to be like, can we improve from Sebastian Ajo or are we going to be cap-strapped and just need to hope that either Ajo – Solo, maybe um, Bull Duke or Watherspoon, one of those guys just grabs that spot. I think because we're a little bit ca- cash strapped, uh, that it's probably going to be hoping for one of those guys to break out. Um, yeah. So we do have some interesting NCAA signings that could replace Mayfield, but they just played their first professional games for Bridgeport the other day um, and they looked good. So that's good. But I, I knowing the Islanders, I don't think they would just throw rookies into it like that. I, I think the Islanders are gonna try to bring back Scott Mayfield. And if they don't, I think Barry Trotz is gonna bring him to Nashville. Makes sense because yeah. uh, you know, he's from St. Louis, so it's like closer to home. Um, and Nashville could use uh, another defenseman. So and it's Barry Trotz. <laughs> Can Barry uh, take uh, Josh Bailey, please? <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, he was gonna be my player to watch in the playoffs, Josh Bailey. Uh watch him him up in the in the (laughs) I don't want to be a a dick because he played the other day. I know. I think that was a questionable decision. I think that's the easy decision for a coach is to be like, Oh, he's got experience, it's a big game experience. Mm. And for me, I think it would have been a bolder but a better decision to to play Simon Holmstrom. Didn't end up mattering too much. Bailey did not do anything that like hurt the team too too badly, um, so that's that. Samuel Bulduke did that all by himself. Well, I mean, to prove your theory incorrect, Josh Bailey is a plus three on this plus minus score uh, for this season for the whole season. Shit. So <laughs> I mean that that means he was an instrumental player for the entire team. He's great. We Love would have had I- three less goals on the season if it wasn't for Josh Bailey. Mm, think about that think about that (laughs) for a second tom okay you guys want to what what uh, (laughs) tell me a little bit about what you're thinking going into the carolina series the what what chances do you give us should we do our percent chances here uh yeah sure um i mine's uh, mine's kind of more surface deep i would say optimistically we have a i was gonna say 40 yeah i'll stick with 40 percent chance now of winning the against Carolina, I don't know how many games I would go. I'd have to. It'd probably go like all seven, um, because it's it's completely biased because of Carolina's record in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not it's not really based on anything other than that. It's not based on how good I think the Islanders are, or how good I think Carolina is. It's purely just I I'm kind of bought into the narrative that Carolina is going to choke in the playoffs, and uh, I hope that benefits the Islanders. Mm-hmm. So that's. Yeah, what do you think, Sterling? I'm surprised forty though that you would consider that optimistic. I maybe that gives away what well, I think. Oh, I guess that's fair. Yeah, I, I think it's. I mean, I I definitely think they have the upper hand. I, I mean, that's they they had our number in the regular season. I don't know what the regular season, uh, uh, what record was. Do you know off the top of your head? Anybody? Are you guys? I think they I, were I, one and three. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I mean, again, the playoffs are a different beast, and uh, and we'll see. So, I that's why I think it's just. De facto, they have to have the upper hand. Um, That's fair. Uh, and look, yeah. like we said, they have the bigger expectations. They finished with a great record despite mm-hmm. not playing great recently. Um, but yeah, 
Sterling, what do you got percent wise? We love our yeah. numbers. Uh huh. Well, I'm picking us to win the series, probably because I'm an Islanders fan and not objective. But I'm going to go with 50. I think Matt Barzell coming back is not for sure a game changer. We'll see how he looks in game one. But I have faith in him transforming Horvat's ability. I think the power play gets going a little bit. And you it know, can't hurt the power play if Matt with Matt Barzell <laughs> coming back. Absolutely can't. Yeah. I mean, look, if he makes giveaways, that's just what we've been doing anyway. <laughs> exactly. It's just one more person doing it. And mm-hmm. like honestly, it, the power play has been just dreadful. Yeah. But anyway, we, we won't get watched, stuck on that. <laughs> we've watched some bad power plays over the years, but this is probably the worst because we're giving up goals like every time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyways. We just need a little bit of power play production because our penalty kill is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the identity line, it, it's going to hopefully make a return in game one uh, to its playoff action. I swear if Lane goes through with Bailey, Sezikis, Clutterbuck, I know he said Martin will be playing game one, but that was a big yikes at practice. Maybe, but... maybe that means Martin's playing over... Uh... <laughs> over Barzi. They're just getting <laughs> his hopes up. No, you know what? We really thought we'd run a line with Anders Lee and Matt Martin. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's a test be, I, about what the fourth line will look like in a couple of years. Uh, <laughs> well, Matt Martin's going to, at that point. I don't think he's that much retired. older than, than Lee, is he? He's not super old, Matt Martin. I just think the style of game he plays doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, he's not going to be playing when he's 40. Yeah. But, but Lee will, and we, Lee will be making $7 million <laughs> playing with uh, whoever's on the fourth line. Yeah. Like 45% of my 50 goes to Sorokin playing well. I I think he's going to need at least a shutout in this series in order to win. That's my yeah. prediction. I, I definitely agree. And I think there will be a shutout in the series. Uh, there might be two. Because these teams are so good defensively. Um, I, uh, man, this is a little bit of a cowardly answer, but I have us literally as the, I have 49. I think we have a 49% chance to win the series. I think it's so, so close. Um, and But I, like, I, I chose 49 to say that I'm picking Carolina but I very, very, very much believe that we can win the series. I have a few numbers. Uh, so I wrote down a few of the key numbers. These are the things that the last few years I've looked at when I've done playoff predictions. I've added a couple of things. So I always did goals for per game, goals against per game, power play, penalty kill. I've added save percentage and penalty minutes. Kind of gauge like how much the special teams are going to mm-hmm. affect. So goals for per game, uh, Carolina 3.2. Uh, we have 2.95. So, you know, we don't score a ton. Uh, their offense has taken a dip since Fetchnikov went out. So, you know, that it, I don't think it's going to be a crazy, crazy difference there, but edge Carolina there. Uh, goals against is almost straight up a tie. Um, 2.55 for Carolina, 2.65 for the Islanders, both elite. Um, power play. Theirs isn't incredible. They're middle of the pack. They're 19.8%. We're 15.8. We're third worst in the league, which <laughs> makes sense. Um, penalty kill. They actually have a slight edge. 
Um, but they're both very good penalty kills. 84.4 for Carolina, which is just stupid good. And for us, 82.2. So, you know, slight edge to Carolina. So special teams, Carolina has the edge. Um, but in goal, the X factor could be 921 team save percentage for the Islanders. I believe that's second in the league behind Boston. For Carolina, a decent 907. That I mean, that's going to be big. Uh, it, like you said, Sorokin is probably the biggest player in the series for the Islanders. Um, we both teams are very good, uh, uh, dis- uh, disciplined teams. Carolina committed the 30th most penalty minutes, so the third, second, third least. Um, so they're elite at staying out of the box. We were 24th. Uh, we were also good at staying out of the box. They had 614 t- penalty minutes. We had 656. Good job by the Islanders. I'm looking at Scott Mayfield to continue that in the playoffs. <laughs> he was our penalty leader in the regular season with 83 penalty minutes. Um, wow. So, um, yeah, I this is to me it's a it's a six or a seven game or it has to be. I have Carolina in seven at the moment. Uh, I think the recent history, Carolina has had a lot of success against us. Uh, I think they're one of the few teams in the league that knows how to combat our style of play. Um, and Rob Brindamore is a great coach. Uh, I think this is going to be a great series. I think it's going to be a very low-scoring series. Uh, Elias Rokin could absolutely steal it for us. I'm giving Carolina the slightest, slightest edge. Um, the Islanders are not have not been great on the road this year. And I think Carolina having a home game seven could be big for them. I mean, it didn't help them last year against the Rangers, but uh, you know, the Island, the Rangers have been a good road team the last couple of years. The Islanders um, are like the rest of the pack on the road. Um, So the Islanders are really, really going to be looking. If we can grab one of the first two, this is what you always say in a playoff series as the team playing on the road. But if you get one of the first two games and you hold serve at home, you're up three, one. So that's the, that's the game plan. I obviously take it one game at a time. That's what they did down the stretch since they were basically playing playoff games already. Um, So that might help the fact that the intensity level for the Islanders has had to be very high. Um, Carolina's also has been fairly high because they've been fighting for the division. Um, but I think it's different to play for your whole survival rather than seeding. So, um, yeah. So I think we're all, but we're all in agreement that this is going to be a very tough series for both sides. Um, and I think that's like, I think everybody would tell you that. And maybe one or two people would say Carolina based on their history against us will beat us easy again. But I don't know. I think this Islander team is rounding into form at a good time. Yeah, actually, uh, I think it was uh, Marchand on the Bruins was talking about like, yeah, nobody really cares about the president's trophy or, you know, or like breaking the all time record. He's like, but we had to play for something, you know, like, like once we, once we, once we clinched and then once, well, once the Bruins clinched and then once the Bruins, um, uh, you know, like secured the first seed, they were like, we, they, he said, we literally had to play for something. So I'm in the back of my mind. I'm like, I, it would, wouldn't it just be wonderful if they just lost the first round because <laughs> they just didn't have to care the last like 10 games or whatever, you yeah. know? So, you know, I don't, it's obviously not going to happen, but it was like, brought that up, though, be a dream like, come true. <laughs> that shows how the, these teams that have already clinched, you got to set a goal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There needs to keep the intensity up. And um, 
you know, it, whether it's home ice or winning a division or um, setting a record. Um, I think coaching plays a big part into that. Like, do you like, I think it shows a lot of how much the players have bought into the coach that they're still playing really hard when things don't necessarily matter too much. Um, so I'm sorry, Winston's barking uh, for Boston. And uh, I'm forever grateful for them continuing to play pasta. Cause he might've won me my fantasy championship. I am up 14 points and JT Comfort is the only guy. The other guy has left <laughs> Comfort needs to put up a hattie and then some. So I just want to point that out. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah, I'm glad you pointed that out. That's an interesting idea. Sometimes with how guarded these players are, you don't get like a look into the psyche. And uh, I think that's really interesting to hear that from the Boston perspective. How do we, we're so good. How do we stay invested? It, yeah, literally it, it was, it was shocking to read, but I mean, at the same time, like they're a history making team. So, um, you know, they probably have the right to have a bit of a chip on their shoulder. Yes. Um, but yeah, I sorry. Can... What do you think Sterling? I cannot see this Boston team choking. I think they could lose early. Like, I could see them losing to Tampa in round two. But nothing like 2019. Uh, obviously, they have the veteran leaders that Tampa... Tampa had a few guys, but not too much. They're way more physical than that Tampa team was. In fact, that's how Tampa won their cups, was by getting physical guys. Um, Vasilevsky... Uh, was obviously he's an amazing goalie didn't have a great performance in the playoffs but they have uh, Swayman their backup I just checked has a 920 save percentage on the year which is unbelievable there's like to me I don't see a weakness in them I think the only way they lose is in a hard-fought series with an amazing team like Tampa which unfortunately for them could happen around too yeah, and this, like you said, I don't see any weaknesses. The coach, uh, this is a, uh, not a first-time head coach. This is his first year with Boston. What a job. Oh, my God. And and there's too many veteran players who have seen a little bit of everything on this team for me to think they've, I like, I give them a 99% chance to beat Florida. Um, Florida has shown a lot of guts uh, the way that they were able to get in, Alex Lyon playing crazy well. Um, they score a ton, Florida. So, like, the depth is there. I I, I just – it's a tough matchup. Florida, I think they're going to be kicking themselves for not beating Carolina the other day. And, like, because, man, I – oh, man, I did not want to play Boston. I think Boston's happy that we're not playing them either because I think it would have been a tougher series for them. I have Boston in five. I, I like – generally don't pick sweeps <laughs> so because i give credit like every team that makes the playoffs is capable of winning a game in the playoffs um i have boston in five in that series um the the defense is there's there's no weakness they have two starting level goalies um they have the best tandem in the league at the moment this year uh every move they made in the offseason has worked out the defense is fantastic pavel zaka just turned into like a fantastic player this year um hampus lindholm amazing for them they're they're so deep such a deep team um yeah i i have them i mean the bracket as we film this video is not complete because the games we don't know the central division yet outcome um i have boston in the cup in the east not a hot take, obviously. 
Um, I have Toronto beating Tampa. I have flipped on that back and forth a few times. Tampa, you know, you give them the intangibles. You probably give them the goaltending edge. But defensively, Toronto has done great work. Um, you know, a few years ago, they were a team uh, that scored a lot and gave up a lot. They have really, like, been a good defensive team the last couple of years. Uh, their PK is good. Their power play is great. Um, Toronto has been through so much. If they don't win, I think I said this last year too, but if they don't win this series this year, straight up, like, there has to be a seismic trade. Like, you got to trade Nylander. Something has to give, like, if this core can't. Because on paper, they should win, I think, the series. I think Tampa Bay looks really in flux to me right now. Um, They started Vassy a bunch this week. They didn't have to. I think it was to try to get him going before the playoffs, and it backfired. Uh, They did not play well this week. They gave up a lot of goals. They've given up a lot of goals recently. We put six on them. The New York Islanders put six on you. That's not good. Um, so, yeah, I got a lot of worries about this Tampa team. Oh, my God. Moment. Just holy. I, I didn't realize how correct you were on that. So the so Tampa shut out the Islanders back on April 1st, mm-hmm. you know, uh, five to nothing. But then since then, the Rangers scored six on them. The Islanders scored six on them. Otto scored seven on them. Toronto scored four on them. Mm-hmm. And then Tampa, to close out the season, beat uh, shut out the uh, Red Wings five to nothing, but well, so they went on a four game losing streak where they were just like leading goals, weren't playing defense. Yeah. So I, to I, be I just... fair, to be fair, Islanders and Ottawa both were Brian Elliott, who's sub nine hundred. Mm-hmm. So it's not all that. So it's... yeah, I just didn't. I I'm not seeing the the urgency in their game that I, I I'm accustomed to seeing. I know maybe that's because like they're a veteran group. They feel like they can just turn it on once the playoffs start. I think they did that last year. Um, and they 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 could absolutely win the series. Uh, they have just turned it on before. I, for me, this feels a little bit different uh, because some of the quotes from John Cooper about the goals they've given up recently um, tell me that he's more worried about this than maybe in the past few years. Um, yeah, I I don't. I'm I'm not very high on Tampa in this postseason. Um yeah, so I I I I picked Toronto last year. I have picked Toronto like three years in a row. <laughs> Trying I, to pay your dues as an Islander fan to get in good with the Tampa fan base. Uh, it's just it, it's weird. Uh like it's kind of like um they just they're too good to continue to lose like this, right? I they're a real good team. Um but it feels like if if man, there are going to be changes if they lose this series. The GM is probably gone. Head coach might be gone. One of the main stars of this team might be gone. This there's a lot of pressure on Toronto. There's a lot of pressure on Toronto. Maybe even more so than on Tampa, which is weird to say. For but Tampa's already they've won their cups and yeah. um, like I'm not saying they're going to be entitled and and not show up. I just wonder, you know, it, this happened with the Kings a while back. When you play a lot of playoff hockey, sometimes it kind of all comes crashing down at once. That happened to the Islanders last year, I think. Islanders play a lot of very intense playoff games and then don't make the playoffs in a year and then come back the next year. So Tampa Bay, maybe this is their off. I get a weird sense that this is going to be their off year. And uh, I don't think Tampa Bay is going to be make like sweeping changes if they don't win this year. But 
I, I think Toronto is more pressure, but I think they're going to use that to their advantage. Famous last words, because <laughs> you would have thought they would have done that last year or the year before yeah. that, or the year before that. So uh, the, uh, the devil's Rangers series, I think is going to be incredible TV. I'm so hyped for that. Um, oh, wait, but I, I want to hear quickly. Um, what, what do you think Toronto Tampa? Who do you got? <laughs> uh, I mean, basically the same. Like I, I would. Okay. So I'm going to pick Tampa again because of Toronto's. I don't see Toronto turning around. Like it just in the playoffs. I don't see them turning around based on their record. Obviously. Yes. On paper, like you said, it makes total sense that they would have a really good shot of winning the series, but I don't know. Just everything. I don't know. So much changes in the playoffs, you know, like I got to kind of, I, I guess I'm more biased to like, previous year playoff performance rather than the regular season performance unless obviously the whole core changed or like you know they they had a blowout season but yeah so yeah i'm going with tampa in that one and what about boston florida oh hmm that's a hard <laughs> one uh you know <laughs> yeah specifically how many games will it take <laughs> for boston to destroy florida uh all i'm just so happy we we're not playing Boston. I, I think I couldn't care less in a sense, <laughs> but yeah. So, I mean, I would be surprised if, if Boston took more, I, I would be surprised if it went to six. So I guess I would have to say the same as Tom five games for Boston yeah. to win that series. I, I think if Florida pushes it to six, that's a huge win. Like, yeah. That's a moral victory. <laughs> I think people will give a lot of respect if, if they're able to push that to six. Um, it Hell. I mean, they're in a, they're in the, uh, the one of the best positions, which is like, completely nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. That's great. I mean, like no one expects them to win this series. No one's going to pick them to win this series. Nobody picked Columbus to beat Tampa a few years ago. <laughs> I, look, um, it is the playoffs. Nothing is impossible. I think this is probably the most confident I've ever been in a pick in picking <laughs> Boston in five, but man, playoffs. I love the NHL playoffs. You just never know. Yeah. I share Boston in five. Uh, Florida has no first round pick, I believe, until 2026. So they can't really do moral victories <laughs> right now, which is unfortunate given their matchup. I think Alex Lyon had a tough last game, but if he plays, maybe he gets them a win, but no way to. Uh, I think Mark Stahl's going to get destroyed in this series. Um, but the more interesting one, Tampa, Toronto. This one, I'm going with Tampa and seven, partly because of the meme. Um, but in all seriousness, I guess since 2021's performance, I'm, I'm just not going to choose Toronto ever until they prove me wrong and that they can win a series and not choke. I mean, they didn't really choke last year, but whatever. I think having Samsonov and Murray in that, regardless of their regular season performance, a question mark for me and tampa i think yeah they've been really bad as of late but some a perspective i've been looking at it uh through is they've just went to three cup finals in a row Mm -hmm. maybe this is their way of resting guys before making another run it's just you know we know we're in let's step off the gas for a bit and get ready also, last year, they looked terrible game one, and they still found a way to do it. So mm-hmm. I have no faith in Toronto. And 
hopefully for their fan base, they get it done. Because if I was a Toronto fan, oh boy, that'd be tough. But before moving on, we do have to give a quick shout out to the legend John Tavares. Yeah. Um, I, I was kind of indifferent on him since he left after year one. But mm-hmm. now I, I have to like him again. He's the only reason we're playing Carolina right now for scoring yep. an OT. So thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. No, that, that was hilarious. And, you know, like I, I'm well, look, being being a sports fan, it's supposed to be fun. So I am okay with like the Toronto fans who were able to get their jokes in about, I guess you do need them. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we absolutely did. Uh, Cause the, the Islanders definitely needed some help getting in. Um, so yeah, uh, absolutely. That was a big part of it. Um, yeah. Um, and the, the last series, I'll be really quick. I've talked a lot. Uh, Rangers devils. I think this is going seven. I think this is going to be such a, great series these are the best series to watch are the ones that i know are going to be super intense but i don't have a rooting interest so i don't have to be stressed um i mean i guess like if you're thinking like if you really think the islanders are going to win round one very interesting to play one of your metro area opponents in round two haven't played the rangers since 94 Mm -hmm. uh and they historically annihilated us (laughs) (laughs) so um man the possibility of islander ranger playoff series the world could end like that yeah. could just that could be the last straw that could that could cause nuke nukes to fly and everything between um, Manhattan and Long Island. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to go to Westchester. Uh, yeah. So I, ah, I'm upstate, gonna, as they say, yes, yes. <laughs> I am going to give a, uh, a very slight edge to the Rangers. Uh, I think the Rangers have earned the benefit of the doubt. Uh, last year, they um, I know Pittsburgh was a little bit handicapped in goal, but the Rangers really, really made a good push against Tampa and and beat Carolina. And I know Carolina, the choke artist thing, but Carolina is still a good team. The Rangers went into Carolina and eviscerated them in game seven. Um, I know Chris Crowder didn't put up like 60 goals this year or whatever, but he's still a good player. They have a really good uh, like an unbelievable amount of depth. Uh, depth scoring now with Patty Kane and uh, Tarasenko and like, you know, the kid line has been good for them. I think they're such a deep team and I give, I think the deciding factor for me is the goaltending. Um, Vanacek's been real good this year, but Shesterkin is like, he can be next level. He can be the best goalie in the league. Um, And Vanacek, well, He's been great, and I think he's been a great story this year. And it shows that it was more Washington being a, a wreck last year that Samson Alva and Vanacek both left that team and turned into good goalies. Um, uh, yeah, I have the Rangers very, very, very slightly based off playoff experience plus goaltending. What do you guys think? Uh, certainly, why don't you go first? I think both of these teams are on major fraud alert to me. And I think whoever wins Islanders Hurricanes is going to the conference final. Uh, But I do have to choose one and I'm going with the Rangers. Um, I mean, that one hurts, but like the Devils, I hate them too. So whatever. I think the big difference for me, like you mentioned, is in net. And I am a fan of the Rangers top players more so than the Devils' top players. Um, it, it was fun for a while to say, like, oh, Tarasenko and Patrick Kane, they're not really fitting so well. 
Well, mm-hmm. I think they're going to fit well come playoff time. And I think they're going to find a way to beat Vanacek more often than not, and especially if Blackwood comes in. Um, so I think you talked about our series a bit too and gave your prediction. Uh, just to put mine out there, um, as a bias fan, I say we're going to take this one in six because weirder things have happened with the Islanders the past few years. And we've already talked about the series, but <clears throat> at the end of the day, Sorokin, hopeful increase in power play, and hopefully lockdown defense gets the job done for us. Yeah. I don't know if I said how many games, but I have Carolina in seven. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I have had like a weird, th- I haven't done this on purpose, but I feel like every time I've picked against the Islanders the last few years, I've picked the other team in seven. Cause I know better. Like, I don't think this is like this Islander team does not get rolled. I, even the Carolina series from, from Trotz's first year where they got swept, they lost the first game one, nothing in overtime. They lost the game at home on a really bad, no goal call on Devontae's. That was a closer series than it looked. There was only one blowout. They got blown out in the elimination game. Um, so, yeah, I, I give this Islander team credit. Uh, I don't think this is an Islander team that, like, will get swept. Play that in a week from now after game <laughs> five. Yeah. Uh, this will, in one week, it will be game four. And we'll be, you know, the Islanders will have, will have, uh, be facing elimination. Will not um, have scored a goal in the series. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, for Devils Rangers, I, on principle, because I will never say the Rangers should win anything, is mm. the Devils will win. What, uh, if they, no. what if it was the biggest loser competition? Ooh, or like eight most competition. No, this is making my head explode. Um, no, I, I actually do think I've, I've watched a little bit more of the uh, Devils this season. I think. I just I love watching them. I've really enjoyed watching them play and I, they just they're so fast and like they're great. So I'm biased and I and I'm accepting I'm accepting that bias and I'm outputting that bias. So the Devils are going to win. I think um, I, I, I have no idea how many games I'm just going to go with a safe bet and say six, mm-hmm. um, you know, but uh, but yeah, I want the Devils win. But it would be that being said, I would love to see an Islanders Rangers uh playoff series i mean that would be at this point well once in a lifetime thing for me you know (laughs) i don't know if my heart could take that honestly i would Uh, i would be so scared of ever going to a game like that but watching it would be one of the most exciting things that's a good point we'll 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 meet up somewhere safe (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah. in neutral territory somewhere like you know on the other side of the country yeah Uh, go to watch the games (laughs) yeah So, um, but yeah, you so... guys don't have ESPN Plus shit. <laughs> <laughs> we flew all the way out here. Wait, are there some? Are the playoff games possibly broadcast on ESPN Plus? Oh, they'll, they'll all be on like TNT. Oh, actually, I think the first round, uh, some of the games are on. I, like they're all like MSG, right? Like they're. I all think cool. so. Yeah. And then, but then like, after the first round, round it'll be like TNT. Yeah. Okay. Although, so actually, no ESPN or or. ESPN like will get games. ESPN uh, Plus or ESPN. No, just regular ESPN. Okay, see, that's fine. <laughs> I'm flipping to Monday. Oh, it doesn't have the channels. Because they do have the three. We we know that we're playing game one on Monday. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. So, all right. I have to eat dinner. I'm very hungry. <laughs> but uh, are there any closing uh, things that we want? 
Do you quickly want to just say what your cup's going to be? Since we don't have the West bracket, maybe you could just throw a team out there that you think is going to win the West. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, I This is probably going to be out there. Boston, I think, in the East is probably the favorite. And, you know, I think has the best shot, obviously. And I and Edmonton. I would okay. like to see that as a final. Yeah. Hey, they're going in scalding hot. I, I, Connor McDavid has a, a 151 points or something insane like that. Yeah. And then 153. Yeah. 153. Like, that's just insane. <laughs> and we might be the second best player. In the he league. is. I was looking for his points right now. He's like 130 something. Yeah. It's, it, it, and then the next best is, uh, who is it? Uh, um, uh, Nikita Kutrov, right? Oh, sorry. Uh, are you talking like just across the league? Yeah, across the league. Sorry. Oh, for... uh, David Posternock, I might might be at three. Why can't I find their player stats? I'll find it anyway. <laughs> oh, I found it. That was fast. Yeah. So Connor McDavid, one hundred fifty three. Leon Drysaddle, one hundred twenty eight. But let me find the actual best next player. Anyway, sorry, Sterling. What do you think? Well, I'm vamping here. Had like one hundred six or something. It was a big drop off. Hmm. Well, wait, wait. Sorry, are you talking about Edmonton? Oh, I was just talking about uh, league wide. Okay, yeah, let me find that. Nugent Hopkins, I believe, passed 104. He's at right now. I'm looking at it. Three players with over 100 points for the first time since 95, 96. Damn. Of any. But Sterling, yes. What do you got, Cup? Well, before I go, James, who's your Cup winner in the Oh, I mean, I I, I have to say Boston, but I wouldn't want it to be Boston. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So. I'm going to go with coming out of the East, Tampa. I think they beat Boston around two. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also see a world where they get destroyed by Boston, but whatever. Uh, and then coming out of the West, I really want to pick Edmonton because I love watching them, but I still don't know about their goaltending. Stuart Skinner's only getting hot now, mm-hmm. which is good that it's going to the playoffs, but I don't know how sustainable that is. Even with the injuries, I'm going to go with Colorado. Um, I do like Georgie net And, I mean, they have no reason, at least I have no reason to think they're not going to perform well. And this time in the rematch, I think Tampa Bay gets their third cup in four years and everyone is sad and it's <laughs> a tough ending. All yeah, right. Third cup in four years, that's... Uh... um yeah um so for me uh i mean i'm really tempted to go really outside of the box there's a team in the west that i i I think is being slept on a little bit i like goaltending in the playoffs um okay so i got boston winning the east already said that earlier um i boston's gonna win the cup so (laughs) even before (laughs) the western team is um but Oh my God, I can't believe I'm saying this because this is a team that also known for kind of not going anywhere in the playoffs. The Minnesota Wild, their goaltending wow. has been third best in the league. They have a 919 team save percentage. They're good defensively. They have good special teams. They could use a little bit more offense. Uh, that, But the West is so wide open. I think Edmonton is a good pick. Uh, hot at the right time. Got the best player in the world. Um, the goaltending is finally maybe getting there. Uh, I was also the other team I was, I was kind of up and down with, um, Dallas, uh, they might, 
have the best goalie in the Western Conference uh, in the playoffs in Jake Ottinger. Um, I mean, Connor Hellebuck can always steal series too. But I'm going to freaking God, am I picking the Wild. I, I also, Colorado, I think, makes a lot of sense too as a team that's just been there, done that. Um, man, I am going to pick the Minnesota Wild to go to the Stanley Cup. I'm a lunatic moron. No, uh, <laughs> no, no, Tom. No, you're really smart. We all love you. All right, let's end this podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you guys so much uh, for watching. Thank you guys for being on. Uh, this is, I think, my favorite episode of the year. I, I mean, it's just, I, I love the it's playoff. It's so fun, yeah. There's so much to talk about. The Islanders, of course, getting in in such a dramatic way. Man, a lot, lot to talk about today. A lot of fun. Thank you guys for watching, and thank Sterling and James for being Thanks. Here. Thanks for having me. All right. Bye. Uh, <laughs> all right, guys. I'm Tom, gonna you never wave out. in unison. Bye. <laughs> all right, thank you. All right.